the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are to be preachers of righteousness because just like in Noah's day, judgment was coming. Judgment is coming in our day. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. I entitled this message, Never abandoned. As we looked at last time in Genesis, we'll be picking up in chapter seven and eight. It was a hundred years before the great flood and God gives to Noah the task of building a humongous boat. Now this must have seemed crazy at the time for there is no record of it even raining on planet earth. So it's never rained up to this point. We're told in Genesis chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, that it didn't rain, that there was a heavy mist that would rise up from the earth and water the ground. This happened between days 2 and 3 of the creation recorded in Genesis chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. We looked at all that in those studies back then. So imagine what the people were telling Noah. It's like, excuse me, Noah? You're building a giant boat for what again? Oh, it's going to rain? Rain? What's rain? It's like it's never rained before. There were streams of water, of course, but nothing that could accommodate this massive boat. And that's why Noah must have appeared to be a crazy man completely insane. It'd be like us sitting there trying to build a giant boat. Let's knock down three of these buildings behind us and build this massive boat in our parking lot. It's like, uh, excuse me, you're nuts. What are you going to use it for? It's too big to move. There are, there are so many people today that will continue to mock this part of the Bible that has recorded history. Although, of course, Jesus referred to Noah. And so his story is true. This man existed. And the people will say today, there is no way that you could have fit all the animals onto that boat. But again, like we looked at last time, we have to take into account of just how big that boat was. The Bible gives us the dimensions in Genesis 6, 15. Let me read it to you again. See, this is how you shall make it, God said. The length of the ark will be 300 cubits. Its breadth, its width will be 50 cubits, and its height will be 30 cubits. Now, again, as we looked at before, how big is that? Well, a cubit was kind of like from here to here. So it could either be somewhere between 18 and 21 inches long. So when you're building something, you just have to figure out where your cubit is. And then that's what you use for everything at that point. So if you went on the small side of the cubit, 
and that's being 18 inches, it would mean that the ark was 450 feet long. If you were on the longer side of the cubit, it would be more like 520 feet long. It was like 75 foot wide, and it was 45 feet tall. And God said to put three different levels inside of this giant boat. So it had three full different levels inside of it. I mean, think about that. See, so when people mock Noah's ark, they should all understand that all the animals could fit in the ark. Because again, if you multiply out that space that's inside of that boat with the three different levels, you come up with over 1.5 million cubic feet of space. That would be equivalent to 522 standard boxcars that you see pulled behind trains today. And those 522 boxcars could hold some 125,000 sheep And that is a lot of sheep. Anyway, okay. But, you know, but know this. As crazy as it sounds, Noah lived in obedience. And he did all that God had commanded him to do. And like, like he wasn't working on that boat for like, five years, you know, like, hey, man, I'm, hey, I'm going to contract to build this boat for you. How long is it going to take? Well, it's going to be like five years. Five years, that's a long time to wait. No, 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 no. It took him a hundred years, 100 years of working on this boat every single day. It, again, it's crazy. But I wonder, what would you have done if God came to you? Because we live in a similar day. No, God isn't asking us to build this boat that's almost two football fields long. He might be asking you to talk to a coworker. He might be asking you to talk to your neighbor to invite him out to our, you know, core summer nights. He might want you to just say to some random stranger, like at the bank when you're cashing your check or you're doing some banking or you're on the phone. God might be asking you not to build a giant boat, but he's asking you, can you just talk to someone? Can you tell them that there's a God that can forgive them of their sin? There's a God that can bring peace into their life in the midst of all the chaos that's in our world today. Yes, Noah, he found favor. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He lived a life of faith in the midst of a culture that walked away from God and chose to live in wickedness. So again, let me ask you, do you do all that God has asked you to do? Do you obey his word? Do you heed his commandments? Do you seek after his will over your own will in your life? Do you desire to please him in your daily walk with him? Only you can answer those questions. But getting back to Noah, this was all in accordance to what God had promised. Back in Genesis 5, do you remember we looked at Noah's great-grandfather. He was an astounding man. His name was Enoch. And God had told Enoch at the birth of his son, Methuselah, he told him, and of course, Methuselah was Noah's grandfather, that when he died, judgment would come. Now, we're told in 2 Peter 2.5 that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, meaning as people would take time out of their day to go gather around Noah to mock him, 
to tease him and to ridicule Noah. Because you, you imagine after like, you know, working on this boat for like 50 years, you know, the whole structure's there. This thing is just ginormous, you know. It's like, look at this thing. And people would just come around. Hey, what do you want to do today? Let's go mock Noah. He's building a giant boat. He's telling us it's going to rain. It's never rained before. It's like, this guy's a nut. He's insane. He's clueless, okay? So what would he do as he would have people gather to him as he was building this ginormous boat in the middle of the land? It's like, what did he do? He preached righteousness to them. He preached the truth to them. He told them that judgment was coming. Noah is listed in the New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the hall of faith. And it says this in Hebrews eleven seven. It says, by faith, Noah warned by God about things not yet seen. In reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness which is according to faith. So because he was faithful, because he preached the truth, because he told people about the judgment coming and he believed God that the judgment was coming, it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Righteousness is a word that means in right standings with God. We, because we've given our life to Jesus Christ, we, by faith, because we believe in what we have not seen yet, it is accounted unto us as righteousness. So we are in right standings with God. So we are called to do the exact same thing that Noah was called to do. We are to be preachers of righteousness because just like in Noah's day, judgment was coming. Judgment is coming in our day. Jesus said, when you see the world acting as they did in Noah's day, know this, the coming of the son of man is at hand. And so judgment is coming. And no, God is not going to flood the earth with water again. That's why he gave a rainbow. We'll look at that next time. But he says, next time it's going to be fire. I am going to bring fire down. And the whole world will be destroyed. Think about it. There's some 7.3 billion people on planet earth. The Bible says that only a handful of people, maybe as little as 10 or 15 people are going to be left at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. There's going to be an apocalypse that will unfold. There'll be a seven-year tribulation period, just like the Bible says. If God was faithful to Noah to tell him what was going to happen, and it all happened exactly like he said, then it's going to happen again, just like the Bible says. Judgment is coming, and we like Noah, need to be preachers of righteousness in this time. This is, amen. This isn't a time for us to pull the covers over our head. We are not called to pull the wool over our eyes. We're called to get out there and let people know. So Noah was faithful. He was faithful in his calling, yet nobody believed him. Nobody repented of their sin. Everybody thought, life's just going to continue on like it always has. I mean, Noah's been talking about it raining for 75 years. Look at this big old boat he's building. The guy's nuts. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, cuckoo, woo-hoo. Okay, it's just like the guys are nuts. Could you imagine all the Noah jokes? You know, it's like, who knows what mockery they made up about this man. And they all just said, no, it, life's going to continue on. And it's been continuing on. You know, we can live any way that we want. We're not going to submit to his God. We can be the captain of our own destiny. We can be our own God. 
Just believe in science. Isn't that what we hear now? We're going to follow science. Science is going to lead us the way. Right, okay. Science tells us we all came from monkeys. Okay. Yes, everybody mocked Noah. They all made fun of this crazy man for building his boat in the middle of the dry land. But guess what? One day, oh, it was after 100 years of hearing about it. 100 years of hearing about it. But one day, guess what? It started to rain. One day, everything crazy Noah said came to pass. One day, the truth that Noah had been preaching for a hundred years, it all came down. And it rained hard. And 40 days and 40 nights, it rained. Let me read what it says here in Genesis 7, verse 17. It says, Then the flood came upon the earth for 40 days, and the water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. And the water prevailed more and more upon the earth so that all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. And the water prevailed 15 cubits higher And the mountains were covered. It's a lot of water. And all flesh that moved on the earth perished. Birds and cattle and beasts and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth. And all mankind of all that was on the dry land, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, died. Thus God blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things to the birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth, and only Noah was left together with those that were with him in the ark, which was his wife, his three sons, and his three sons' wives. Verse 24, and the water prevailed upon the earth 150 days. Wow. Yes, judgment had came. It came. Why? Because God said it was going to come. If God says something, don't mock that. Because the Bible says in Peter, mockers will come in the last days. Oh, you Christians, you bunch of nuts. You've been saying that Jesus is going to come back for 2,000 years. You've been saying he's going to come back from the time that he was here. That's right. And guess what? He's coming back. He's coming back because he said he was going to come back. Just like it will be in our generation. See, people continue to mock us, and it will be just like in Noah's day. But then there's going to be that moment, and it will be that timeline. And it will all of a sudden, the rapture of the church will happen, and we'll all be taken away. And people are going to look around like there was a great disappearance of people. And it all happened at the same nanosecond around the globe. It just all happened at the same moment, the same second of time. People in every country, in every nation, in every county, in every country, in every city, in every village, someone will be taken away. And then people will be like, oh, Martians came and take them. Oh, there's there's UFOs. You know, so there's a new UFO thing. Oh, my, wow. There's UFOs of people in other planets and they'll come up and they'll say all of this and other planets have come in and there's other people out there and they were all airlifted uh excuse me what is the one key point about everyone that got airlifted they were all jesus freaks and the people will know oh my goodness those crazy christians were right 
That's why I believe that there will be a massive revival in the tribulation period because people will know. They will know. But let's get this timeline correct of this little voyage of the ark here because many think, okay, it rained for 40 days and then Noah pulled up to the beach, got out with his beach towel and suntan lotion and he's ready to catch some rays. Uh, No, let's remember when all of this started. Let's look back to Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. And it says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month of the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the found, all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were open. So there was water coming up from underneath and there's water coming from the heavens just pouring down. Then we read in Genesis 8, 4, because that's when it started, so Genesis 8, 4 is where it ended. And in now in the seventh month of the 17th day of the month, the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat. Now, this is believed, the mountains of Ararat are believed to be modern-day Turkey. These mountains are in the 17,000-foot elevation point. To put that in perspective, Big Bear Mountain is the tallest mountain here in Southern California. It's about a little over 8,000 square feet, uh, not square feet, but uh, feet in elevation from sea level. So that would be like Big Bear Mountain with another Big Bear Mountain on top of the Big Bear Mountain. Okay, so it's double that and then add another 1,000 feet in height. The uh, tallest mountain uh, in North America is in Alaska. It's Mount Denali. It used to be called Mount McKinley. I don't know why they changed the name, okay, whatever, politically correct. But whatever, uh, that's around 20,000 feet in elevation. So these mountains are extremely tall. So five months, or like we read there in the scripture, 150 days, the water prevailed on the earth with no sign of land, and there's no record of God speaking to Noah during that entire time. Could you imagine? It rains for 40 days straight. And this is not some light California SoCal drizzle here. This is crazy monsoon. The floodgates of the heavens are opened up. Water's bursting out of the ground. And it's pouring cats and dogs. And every living thing on planet Earth outside of the ark is now dead, drowned, and done. And there you are, Noah, and his family, all you see is water all around you. All you hear and all you smell are all these stinking animals. And I bet it really smelled in that ark. Come on. And there is no voice from heaven, not even a whisper. Did that mean that God wasn't there? No, of course not. Did it mean that God had abandoned Noah? Absolutely not. So let me ask you, How long do you last in the hardships of life before you disregard God's plans for you and you go for your own plan? Well, I prayed, I asked God, I sought the Lord for 33 and a half seconds and he didn't answer my prayer, so I got out there and did my own thing. Are you tired of your circumstances? Are you tired of your situation? Are you tired of your spouse? Don't answer that. Are you tired of your singleness? Are you tired of life? How long will you wait on the Lord? How long will you obey his word? How long will you keep your eyes on the one who made you before you jumped ship? How long before you take matters into your own hands? 
as you justify your position and you try to make everyone believe that, well, your plan was the best plan. Know this, God will never leave you or forsake you. Doesn't matter if you hear his voice. Doesn't matter if you don't hear his voice. Doesn't matter if you got goosebumps. Doesn't matter if you don't even know what a goosebump is. God will never, ever leave you. Which brings up our final point, never abandon. Let's read what it says in Genesis 8, verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth and the water subsided. God remembered Noah. Wow. Hadn't talked to him in months, months. But notice he doesn't speak to Noah. It just says he remembered him. He didn't like hook up with him. Just, I remembered him. Did you catch that? God caused the waters to subside. God was working in Noah's favor. God's plan was starting to unfold, yet God still had not spoke a word to Noah. Noah had to wait by faith. And what exactly is faith again? Hebrews, the hall of faith, tells us in verse 1, That faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm hoping for this thing. It doesn't exist. It doesn't materialize. It's not like this. It's something that it's not there. I can't put my hands on it. But faith takes that things that I'm hoping for. It's the evidence of things not seen. I can't feel it. I can't touch it. I can't put my teeth into it. I can't grab onto it. But I'm hoping this happens. I'm hoping that things change. Understand, Noah believed. And if God was able to save him from the flood, the world's judgment, which he did, like everyone else is dead in a doornail, he's alive, got a bunch of stinking animals in there. And I mean, think what was going on in that ark. That thing stunk like a sewer. But yet, God remembered Noah. And if he was able to deliver me from this flood, then he must be able to deliver me to the end. Jesus said, I will deliver you to the end. In John 13, 1, Jesus said that he loved his own and he loved him to the end. God is never going to let us go. And it's no different today. Jesus will love us. He will love you and me to the end. Do you believe that? then if you do believe that, why don't you live like that? Stop buying into this whole thing. COVID-19, we're all going to die. It's like, we're all going to die anyway. But don't walk in fear. Just live. Live. It's like, just like, just live. Be who God wants you to be. But getting back to Noah and his ark, let's read what happens next here. Verse 13. This says, uh, chapter 8, verse 13. Now it came about in the six hundred. In first year, in the first month, on the first of the month, the water dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark, and he looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah. Now, finally, 
God spoke to Noah, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing, all the flesh that is with you, the birds, the animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Yes, Noah, bring them all out. But let's not miss this very important point. From the time the door of the ark was closed... And the first raindrop hit the ground and Methuselah died and the water burst up from the ground. The canopy around the earth was loosed to the time that the door opened from Genesis chapter seven, verse 11 to Genesis chapter eight, verse four. Noah was in the ark for one year in 10 days. Yet the Bible says God remembered Noah. Oh, what a word of refreshment that is. God remembered him. It should be music to our ears. For God always remembers us. He never, ever forgets us. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.